And away we go, hour two on a great day for talk radio. Danny was just mentioning TFC in Ottawa yesterday, playing the Fury. They beat them one zip. But uh, the second half, they had to delay the game somewhat when some of the uh, more exuberant fans lit some flares and it started some fires. And, uh, yeah, I mean, shame all around, all the requisite things that, you know, uh, tisk tisk. I just thought that was part of the appeal of soccer culture. That's, I mean, uh, they're hiving off the European model, aren't they? I mean, some of the more outrageous things that happen in the stands there. We're getting hooligans. This is a big step forward for us. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like we've got some soccer cred now. We're going to have to call it football eventually. Uh, anyway, that's one of those things. I'll bring up with the panel as a topic worthy of discussion. Very, very many of those things coming up in just a matter of moments. In fact, uh, we also have the story that Danny mentioned about the uh, sex ed curriculum that continues to fester. There was a protest on the lawn at Queen's Park today from a lot of folks, well-intentioned, obviously, uh, very, very earnest in uh, suggesting that this is folly to have discontinued the current sex ed curriculum uh, that had been adopted by the Liberals. And uh, many of the speakers were, as I say, uh, not only earnest, but sincere. In fact, uh, There was one speaker whose message to parents who stand opposed to the curriculum kind of went like this. To those parents who disagree with the 2015 curriculum, I want to say that I know that change is hard. I know that change is scary. I also believe in my heart that this curriculum will save children's lives. Our children's lives, your children's lives. I honestly believe that in my heart, and so I plead with you to read the curriculum and then have an opinion. All right, well, that was a case that, uh, you know, this is, uh, we'll ask the panel shortly if lives are put at risk, in fact, because of the discontinuation of that particular curriculum. As I said uh, earlier in the last hour, you know, did parents complain or did anybody on the left complain, for example, that maybe students were put at risk because they canceled the school resource officer? How about the legalization of pot? Is that going to put people's or kids' lives at risk? There have been some concerns around these issues, and uh, here to help me out in that regard, uh, put some context or perspective to it, Julian Fantino has joined us. He's not only the... Uh, Global News Radio law enforcement expert and former chief of police here in Toronto, as well as OPP commissioner. He's the chairman of Alifia Health, which is medical marijuana. Julian, how are you doing today? I'm fine, John. Good afternoon. Um, yeah, and I appreciate your coming on. You know, on a couple of matters, first of all, uh, let's start with the um, marijuana thing, because I know you're involved with Alifia, which is medical marijuana. There's obviously a concern that medical marijuana users may also fall into uh, the the dragnet of enforcement when it comes to uh, determining who is impaired. And uh, does it is that a legitimate concern or complaint? Well, I, I think it is, John, because the the, the two regimes are, are vastly different. We're talking about a, a, an approach to health uh, with what is perceived and what has been recognized, and the science now more and more identifies as a medicine. Uh, the other step, of course, is recreational, as we all know, which uh, can and, and no doubt is used or will be used. Uh, casually uh, by whomever. So the gatekeeper in the medical side is always a doctor. And uh, there's an assessment in other areas of, of, uh, of uh, uh, I guess, quantifying the, the, the issues, the, the health issues for which uh, medical cannabis can help someone get off of opiates or otherwise help them with their, their 
pain management and so forth. The other is just a casual, do your own thing, self-medicate, do whatever. So there is a concern, John. I don't think that uh, legitimate uh, uh, medical uh, help uh, that is uh, provided by by uh, by medical cannabis uh, can be compared to the recreational, and and there is a legitimate concern there. When you say it helps to uh, get off opiates, it just uh, dialed me into something that was proposed by uh, Toronto's chief medical officer of health and. Uh, this individual, uh, Ellen Devilla, Eileen Devilla, Devilla wanted to uh, get uh, to Ottawa and uh, have them take up the proposal that uh, all drugs, all drugs uh, for personal use or consumption, should be legalized. Now, here you've got, you know, you're obviously uh, involved with medical marijuana at this stage, but you were also uh, a law enforcement officer at the top levels. Do you think there's any merit to that proposal? I, I, I suppose, in the minds of some, obviously it was it was offered a, as a solution of sorts. But but the, the differentiator, John, in all of this is the fact that uh, uh, medical cannabis, uh, the gatekeeper is always a medical doctor. So there's a huge difference between that kind of regime and someone just self-medicating with whatever drugs, uh, very often laced with uh, poisonous and, and uh, other other forms of impurities. So. Uh, I don't. I don't agree with that. Uh, I think that there needs to be regulations, and need, uh, there needs to be uh, checks and balances. Uh, obviously, the medical profession has a lot to say about uh, those kinds of issues. Uh, but I, I, you know, even the talk about safe injection sites, there's nothing safe about self-injecting whatever poison into your veins without there being a doctor, or there being a medical assessment uh, in play uh, to begin with. All right. Well, again, the argument was similar to a legalizing pot, for example, uh, as Portugal did in 2001. If you legalize all drugs, all drugs, including heroin, cocaine for personal consumption, it takes the black market out of things and uh, deters organized crime. So you don't you don't believe that. Well, you know, uh, the, the issue with organized crime, John, I, I don't think you can look at it any different than what is involved in gambling. In, uh, in legalized gambling or le- gambling generally in, in, in the tobacco industry and so forth, uh, where there is uh, at play organized crime. Wh- whenever you start, or whenever you tax anything, obviously we know, uh, there's always uh, a course of least resistance by those who are endeavoring to uh, operate outside of the regimes of the law, or r- rules and regulations. So. I don't believe that uh, organized crime is going to have its fingerprints off of uh, uh, the legalization of of, uh, of cannabis. Well, that's interesting because now Bill Blair, who was your successor, is uh, put in a new role federally. He's going to be border security and organized crime. Uh, and being the former, I guess, point man on the pot file, uh, do you see something, some synergies here or uh, relationship? Well, first and foremost, I wish him well. Uh, I know that uh, he will give his heart and soul into fulfilling his mandate as best as he can. But, you know, he uh, he will have huge challenges because the pressure on, on our borders right now, uh, the whole issue of safe haven cities, all of that sort of promotes uh, what Canada at the political level, the highest political level, don't want to admit that uh, these people coming into Canada are basically illegal. They're 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 routing outside of the norms of process uh, to come into this country. I'm an immigrant to this country. I know what 
uh, me and my parents and so many other immigrants went through in order to, to come here. Uh, I take exception to people just uh, willy-nilly uh, coming across the border. So, you know, those kinds of issues have to be uh, taken into account. And I think we have to stop putting a, a lipstick on a pig, really, because uh, these are illegal actions. Uh, we can we, we can do whatever we want to to be charitable, kind, and nice, but process is process. The laws of the land are the laws of the land. If this doesn't matter, John, why are we having borders? Well, yeah, and uh, it's interesting, but the border security element of it is one thing, but the organized crime component of his new responsibilities, I'm just wondering if because they've also legalized pot, that's uh, been part one of the, maybe they're also signaling that uh, he's going to be in charge of organized crime. The argument will go forward. Uh to deter organized crime in a broader sense, we need to legalize all drugs. That's where I was going with this argument. Yeah, it's a bit difficult for me to sort out, to be honest with you, because, uh, you know, the two mandates or the, the, the two focus uh, areas are, are so vastly different. If we're talking about uh, uh, corruption of, of our border security or border controls or immigration standards is one issue, but then we jump to organized crime. So I'm wondering, are the two somehow connected? Uh, I really don't know, but uh, look, Bill's going to do a, a fantastic job to his uh, credit uh, to fulfill his mandate. Uh, I'm just a little bit confused about uh, about how the two relate. The other thing, too, I, I guess for all of the talk that's gone on for such a long time about the violation of our borders and the free access uh, from the United States of all places into Canada at non-official border areas, uh, I, I guess finally they're admitting that there's a problem. All right. Well, uh, if you're not seeing the nexus of how the two relate, perhaps you're underestimating the progressive agenda. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it wouldn't be the first time, John. Well, all right. We'll leave you on that note. I appreciate your time as always, Julian. All right. Take care. You have a good Bye. day. Julian Fantino, he's the chairman of Alifia Health, which is medical marijuana, as well as former law enforcement officer at the pinnacle of his profession, both uh, municipally as well as provincially.